0: Comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
1: My name is Ichabod Crane.
0: And welcome to the Inchipod Cranecast, the podcast that recaps each week's new episodes of the Fox television series, Sleepy Hollow. I am Aaron, and joining me is... Brandon! (laughs) Maxwell is uh, sending this one out this week, but it's just going to be Brandon and I, we're going to talk about the episode, The Midnight Ride. This is the latest episode of Sleepy Hollow, episode, what, seven, right? This is seven. Yeah, lucky number seven, which I think Brandon and I are both in agreement on, a very lucky number indeed. Very, very good, lucky number seven, and I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, so Brandon, what's this episode about?
1: Uh, This week, as Ichapod and Abby deal with the horseman as it seeks its skull, Abby gets an unexpected visit from Andy Brooks.
0: Alright, so yeah, that's the episode we're going to be talking about. We'll delve into that in a minute here, but first got some show notes. We still have our contest open. We've been promoting this since before uh, the kind of the break of the show, but we're leaving it open just because we we'd like to get some entries. We don't, we don't have any entries, and I know we're building a f- following on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm surprised that no one's taking advantage of this very easy contest to win. To reiterate, we're saying you know if you take an image from the show or like a poster, which is very easy to just Google it, find and kind of add your own spice to it in some way, and just email it or send it to us via Twitter or Facebook, Cranecast at gmail dot com facebook.com slash crane or twitter.com slash crane any of those ways you can just send us a picture that has some kind of weird your own personal touch to it and we'll you know it will likely crown it a winner because we've had a, this going for a while and it's a very easy contest to get into yeah. i, I want to laugh i want to look at pictures send yeah. us pictures We've spent, we put our own pictures up on the Twitter and Facebook page, which you guys can be happy to check out. But uh, happy to hear from listeners as well. But yeah, you win a copy of Sleepy Hollow on Blu Ray, if or DVD, if or or an original uh, copy of the short story. Why? Well, I mean, one something like that. We'll send to the winner of this contest. So just you know, put it, give it out to us. What else? Uh, last week, last week's show, um, we got a I got a message on Facebook from this. Um, we were talking about the character that Ichab- Ichabod was working for in the past when he was interrogating. Uh, the other guy, and we didn't know what that guy's name was. And we had a listener on Facebook. Let me pull up the name of that listener right now to give him a shout out on the show. Give me one second. Um, we had Michael. Uh, he pointed out uh, he believed Ichabod Crane's British superior officer was named Tarleton. He, do- he doesn't know for sure, but he thinks he might have been intended to be that fellow and he, g- he left us a Wikipedia entry. I'll put that in the show notes on the actual article page for this episode. But, yeah, thank you, Michael. That's a, that's it's. I have no idea who that was. So if that's true, I mean, that's cool. And if not, whatever. But thanks for, you know, giving us the feedback on that. Um iTunes reviews and ratings. It's good to get those. It helps out the show. And we've actually got some new iTunes reviews and ratings. We got one from Queenie Mary Vickers. You guys are doing very good. Keep up the good work. Thank you for that. Uh, we also got another one. Your podcast is from Sleepy Ellen. Your podcast is a super way to extend the Sleepy Hollow experience. You guys are very well prepared, which makes with- listening worthwhile. Don't worry that you missed some details here and there. It's understandable in a crazy show like this. I'm in it for the tall, dark, and British, too, and the wacky stories. Ichabod's colonial clothing adds to his sex appeal. I hope they never put him in jeans and a superhero T-shirt. Bleach. Maybe they could they could show him tackling the modern... The laundromat that'd be pretty funny <laughs> um, she adds a little bit about me as well she thinks I'm an excellent host but I should you know lighten up a bit I guess or not kind of take it a little more seriously <laughs> or whatnot. And uh, I'm doing my best and, uh, but thank you sleep, uh, thank you sleepy Ellen for uh, your iTunes review um, it helps out our show other people are able to find our show and more people chime in and give us reviews and ratings so you know just go to iTunes search the Icopod CraneCast, and help us out because we like doing the show and we're happy to get more listeners to interact with us in doing it so there you go yeah thank you Let's uh, move on here to the show. Let's do it. Let's talk about the Midnight Ride. This is episode seven. And this episode begins with, once again, a lengthy recap, as we're accustomed to now. But then we jump to Boston on April 18th, 1775, the night of Paul Revere's famous Midnight Ride. Uh, We begin the episode with people, the townsfolk, um, yelling, the regulars are coming, which we will revisit later on in the episode. But we see uh, a man wearing a black mask with a tattoo on the back of his head, riding up behind Reve- Paul Revere's party. There's basically four different riders on a horse, and the, this horseman hmm. uh, attacks each one of these men one by one, misses Paul Revere, and so they, that happens. <laughs> um, after that, we jump back to uh, present day, and Abby uh, settles Ichabod in that the cabin, now that his blood tied to the horseman has been severed, he's vulnerable, so... It, that's kind of where we're at with the Ichabod story right now. Ichabod takes, excuse me. Ichabod he basically looks at all this pile of food that Abby's like located allocated for him, and he's like very confused by the amount of food that he's able to have hold of. And Abby explains that it's from this kind of Costco like store. What do you remember? What she called it? Uh, I can't remember the exact name. It was some random. It was like some like Cos- like uh, some kind of fake Costco name. Like they couldn't say Costco apparently.
1: Yeah, they they they're not. They don't really have too many brand names, as I pointed out with the energy drink in episodes past. Yeah. Uh, what happens there? Well, we the water
0: discussion. Oh The water discussion. Yeah, this is the first one of many runners in this show. Is Rick about discovering that people pay for water, and he's confused by this. And Abby explains that well, the earth, the the, the the you don't want to drink from the lake, and the taps are full of different chemicals. So buying water makes sets to her and ichabod's like it's it's mind-boggling how the earth has been defiled in the time since he's been alive abby then gets a hilarious message on her phone that says sunset in one hour did you catch that one brandon uh no i didn't her phone her phone like makes a noise and she looks at it, it says sunset in one hour which is like all right that's <laughs> that's a fun <laughs> thing and so ichabod uh goes to talk with the masons about how to take down the Horseman. Uh, that's his plan anyway Back near the station, Abby's ex, our favorite, Detective Luke Morales, Ugh. tracks her down, and uh, he wants to clear up the weirdness between them, so he invites her for coffee. After doing so, a dark figure, we, we see a dark figure kind of watching them across the street. Then later that night, after sundown, Morales leaves the bar and hears a familiar voice down the alley. He goes to see who this hooded figure is, and he claims, it's Andy, who thought, uh, <laughs> everyone thought was dead. Um, to which Andy... Of course replied and John Cho his Andy by the way John Cho replies rumors of my demise have been pretty much true because why wouldn't a dead person have a sense of humor and um, he, he, he's like skins kind of fall he looks pretty dead right you yeah he's, he he's
1: was, pale his he's got that
0: you know that wrinkle mess up in his neck from having his head bent backwards yeah and so um, uh, John Cho explains that he's kind of wants to protect Abby that's why he's returned he wants Alice to stay away from her because he feels like danger could happen. I guess they were friends like yeah like I, I forget the John show was probably a friend to all these people before he yes. died so that's kind of what we're getting into here we never really knew much about this character but we got, we know that they kind of all were hanging out before he was you know abruptly deheaded beheaded, yeah, de-headed, she really, beheaded he was
1: he was someone that she counted on in the in the pilot for a bit yeah okay too, so
0: yeah he says stay away from Abby mills I'm the only one who could protect her from the end Everyone will die except the chosen few. And then he basically disappears, Batman style. He just kind of like, Morales turns his head and then looks back and he's gone. Let's see, Ichabod leaves Abby a voicemail, inviting her to the Masons. One of the most, like, elaborately, vo- like, messaged voicemails I think I've ever heard, by the way, too. Like, yes. <laughs> and, um, and I like that when Abby looks at her phone to see who, like, left her a voicemail, it says Ichabod Crane because there's, like, she must have, like, four different Ichabods in her phone, so it's good that <laughs> narrow it down. But anyway, um, he invites her to the Masons, promising to make sure that they let her in even though she's a woman when she arrives at the stately manor when when Ichabod arrives at the stately manor he hears a crash from the other room he grabs a sword abby pulls up outside she sees the headless horseman through the window there's kind of a cool shot is there a cool shot where you see like Ichabod and the horseman like in opposite
1: yeah. i thought they were going to i thought they were getting ready to uh, to duel cuz they're both facing they're like almost facing each other and walking
0: in each other's direction and yeah. from the angle but that doesn't happen but Ichabod goes to the dining room he finds the basins all of their heads cut off so is that all the Masons from last week? Is that what we're? Going yeah, to... it was the Masons from last week. Yeah, and then so, so we'll not see were... James Frain anymore. I, I have a feeling James Frayne probably wasn't a part of that group. I don't I, think he was I, either. I feel yeah, like when we saw he, the heads later on, I don't think his head was among them. So. He
1: he's somebody that they would reveal the guy's head and dead, or you would see his demise on screen.
0: Yeah, okay. Like they would
1: make it clear that that guy is gone. I, I really don't think they'd bring him in just to to do that. Yeah, I agree
0: with that too. I feel like we'll see James Frayne again.
1: Maybe and he's a traitorous.
0: Who knows? Mason. Yeah, Abby finds Ichabod, which I think was like a startling moment too. Like he kind of comes up, be- she comes up behind him, and just kind of like, "Hey, it's me." Yeah. And <laughs> they go outside, and they see the horsemen ride off. So that's our first uh, kind of that's our cold open. A long one. A long cold open again. Very very long cold.
1: I mean, this is the show's becoming known for the the long cold opens. Yeah. Did you like uh, it? like this cold I, open? I, I did. I teased us like we were going to get some cool sword fight to kick this off, but. Um, the most disappointing moment, and in, in listeners, come on! When Andy had Morales at gunpoint, you were you were hoping for that November sweeps big death, weren't you? Come on, <laughs> anybody? I, I was like, "Oh, do it!" And, but they they left um, Lucky Luke to
0: live another day. I'm telling you, he's going to become super important down the pipeline. We'll, we'll get there. Whew. Please make that soon. Although, also, did we not have like an intro? We didn't have an intro title sequence last week. It was cut
1: short. It was. It's probably because. You know the episode it was a lot running long long probably. episode. It it
0: um it just kind of went to the the created by credit. It's funny because this way we I feel like we got a lot in this episode and we had the intro introductory opening title sequence again. But I mean I like that intro title sequence actually. It's kind of it seems that it, that intro sequence kind of has the same tone that the show's going for that I always kind of appreciate.
1: Well the the dramatic like
0: one yeah the buggy like one with yeah dramatic, dramatic ready... looks into the camera yeah it, yeah. Uh, so anyway after the break. Uh, we come back, Captain Irv, uh, PCOJ. O- he's he's PC he's, O-J. he's on the scene, as are some crime scene texts. He reminds Crane and Ichabod, Crane and Ichabod, Crane and Abby that their vision of the event should not include a p- perpetrator without a head. He's basically trying to keep this on the down low,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and he wants he wants them to chalk it up to uh, ritual suicide with Mason's death. Yeah, but Ichabod explains that the Masons have fought a war between good and evil for 500 years. The Masons are—actually, no, Ichabod starts explaining about the Masons, and then I, uh, Irving cuts him off. He's like, I know about the Masons, I guess. <laughs> <Like that's... laughs> he knows what Freemasons are, obviously. He's, he's Orlando Jones. He knows what this is, which I really want this to pay off in the long run. Like, I know we've been, like, harping on we need to see more from Irving, and we got a lot of him in this episode. Oh, yes. I really want to, like, learn more about this character if he's tied in in some way, which I think we all very much expect he is. But yeah, we'll see. So, let's see. Ichabod removes... He removes a mason's ring from one of their fingers, then later on, Ichabod goes searching for the mason's information on the horseman, but finds that the pages have been cut out of the book. Ichabod slams this book down in anger. He, he oh, He's angry over the loss of his mason brothers as well, and he vows to hunt the horseman down. to this point, he then realizes that the horseman was actually looking for his head, so that his three horseman brothers would rise. So that's kind of... That's the plan of this episode. That becomes, like, the main driving goal, that they need to find the horseman's head. And ideally destroy it to stop this from happening given that the whole killing myself thing with ichabod didn't really pan out so now they need another way to stop this horse yeah so once we decide that ichabod and abby need to destroy the head they go to irving to ask for the skull back but he says that he sent it to another lab and he's also not exactly willing to give up the head Uh, abby pleads with him to trust them so he does right (laughs) he 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 actually does go to the lab uh in this in this amount of time we learn that Er captain irving has a daughter like his, what is it, like his secretary comes in or something and says... Um, it reminds like, about a, a game like, or something. Like he has to pick up his daughter from some game or something like that, yeah. So it's like little, little treats, little treats of information giving us... Le- leads us to know that he's possibly divorced, and he has a daughter. Yeah. People to put in danger later on. So they, at this point, this is where it becomes like the Captain Irving hour for like a good portion of the episode, as we um, follow Irving to the other lab. Uh, the horseman arrives outside of that building. He's added a semi-automatic weapon to his arsenal. He's got the gun back. He's got the gun back, and we get to my Terminator scene of the episode. I'm glad I get to make another Terminator callback this week because it's very much in full force here as the Hearstman open fires in the lab, just like Terminator in the first one or even uh, T-1000, just like firing. just he, kill, <laughs> he kills the lab guy. The lab guy, of course, played by like random bald dwee person. Like, that's the actor that you need for these kind of scenes. He, just, he fires on him. He fires at Irving. Irving takes cover. This scene's amazing, right? Yes. It, this was the, the highlight of the episode. Why did you explain it? You want to go over the scene? Just like, well, what happens in it? You know, Irving's
1: trying his best to protect and, and keep the head with him. And he's uh, in that typical, like, hiding behind a table while gunshots are coming after him. When he thinks he gets a clear moment, he, he raises up and the horseman throws his axe at him. And we get the great bullet time angle of Orlando Jones ducking his head backward missing missing the axe narrowly narrowly
0: yeah the
1: the the craziest look on his face and grabbing grabbing the uh the head and like blasting his way out of there it was spectacular like it's if you want someone like you have to explain to someone why you watch this show you just show this little shootout to them,
0: and be like, there you go. Yeah, pretty much. you're in love. It's just, it's right in line with what the the pilot showed us, what kind of craziness this show can be capable of. Yeah. I
1: just, I couldn't, I was like, I was, I thought it was awesome, funny, like, all sorts of things at the
0: same time. All different kinds of emotions. I should point out that this episode... It's everything. It's everything I want in Sleepy Hollow. It's very funny. It's action packed. Yes. It's full of plot momentum. The characters continue to get expanded upon, even with the Ichabod Abby stuff that happens kind of later on in this episode. And I feel like I care about Irving as much as I don't know that much about him. I feel like I've gotten a good run in the show where I'm like, I want him to escape the situation. <laughs> like I feel like I'm invested enough with this character to like both acknowledge how ridiculously fun this scene is, but also be like, oh yeah, he needs to get out of there, or is the hell worse going to kill him. That's going to suck if he does. Yeah,
1: and and now with this scene. Dear Irving, there is no denying any
0: of this. There's no more
1: skepticism.
0: We'll get to that in a second, but I want to say right now, Brandon and I tried to search for like gifs or gifs of the Irving dodging an axe and we could not find it. So I'm imploring you listeners, please, please, if you could find this, send it to us.
1: Please find it. I
0: need to watch it like 90 times in a row. Yeah, I, I really do. We Please. need, this, we need Please. this gift desperately posted onto our Facebook or Twitter page, Ichabod Crane, for both of those. So yeah, he uh, he brings Abby to, and Ichabod the head. He can't believe what he's seen, but now he knows that everything they've told him from the beginning is true. But he knows he also cannot tell anybody about this, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now they have the head, and we get to this amazing montage of Abby and Ichabod trying to destroy the head in the mines and near like the, what, the, the, the um, old archive room that they stay in. Yes, um, where the, where witches are buried. Yeah, so yeah, where witches are buried. So we, so we see them uh, hitting over a sledgehammer. The sledgehammer eventually breaks. Uh, there's a cool shot of Abby dipping the head into sulfuric acid. It doesn't do anything there. They try to blow it up. It doesn't work. Um, a, a drunk, a drunk, a junkyard attempt to crush it doesn't work. Like, there's all these attempts that do nothing
1: at all to, like, destroy this head. You can uh, cut the head off from the body, but you can't, like, do any damage to the head itself.
0: So later on, after attempting all of this and this wonderful montage outside, Ichabod notices four lit lanterns atop a parking garage and thinks of Paul Revere's one by land, two if by sea system, which I believe Abby also is like familiar with as well, um, which is humorous to me. Uh, that uh, people know their history and are also kind of like not mocking, but kind of dismissive of these facts. They're like, of course we know this. Everyone in Osleby Hollow knows this stuff. Come on, Ichabod, you're old. Yeah. But, uh so Abby and about run to the top of the garage and see that the four lit objects aren't lanterns. They are actually the Mason's hollowed out skulls. A hilariously dark image. Not hilarious. It's just dark, actually. It's pretty grisly. Yeah,
1: uh, I, 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 yeah this is one of the many times in this episode that there's some imagery or something
0: going on. I was just like, that is awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they went there. And even, yeah. you find out the heads were actually lined with silver that go along the top of their skull to make the the light in the lanterns amplified even more. It's a it's a neat sort of callback to like the actual ride, while also mixing in this kind of supernatural grisly element. That's yeah. And Leatherface look. even never thought of something like this. Yeah, lining his mask of silver. <laughs> yes. And illuminating them. Illuminating them. I mean, it seems like
1: something. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like something straight out of something uh, like a
0: movie like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I mean, For sure. perfectly at home here. So Ichabod remembers that the night of the Revere's ride that he, he's okay. So we flash back to the night of Ichabod's ride, and he remembers that he saw John Adams hand Revere a pouch of documents that could be used to defeat the crown. There was a demonic heptagram on the pouch, and Ichabod realizes that the horseman was there, and that the document that was there during the ride, because the riders claimed that, because Paul Revere claimed that there was some kind of rider that stopped the other horsemen that were with him. And so he realizes that the documents weren't actually, that they might not actually be war secrets, but actually might be a way to trap the horseman or like have a, you know, have a weakness, have something that could help them capture the horseman. Um, so they have to find this. They have to find this manuscript. Now that's what they're after. Okay, so we come back from another break. Abby takes Ichabod to the library in search of the manuscript. Ichabod is stri- it's not it's not a library. It's like a it's the Terrytown Colonial Museum. That's what it is. Yes. And um, Ichabod is distracted by the tour guide who's talking about Paul Revere, claiming he was a dentist, along with saying the Redcoats were coming. And Ichabod, Abby at first tells him to kind of stand down, but he can't help it. So he invades this kind of tour group that's full of children and parents, and he says, uh, Ichabod. Basically explains that the, the colonists were British at that point. So saying the, Brit, the British are coming wouldn't make any sense. So that's why he explains that they said the regulars are coming and they didn't shout it. They said it kind of in a hushed manner. He says all these things that are really hilarious to watch kind of Tom Mison play up this kind of irritated mode of the history being challenged by by incorrect facts and things. And it's it, it's pretty I thought it was pretty funny.
1: No, it's, it's great. It's, it's glad I'm glad they never forget that aspect of the show.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Abby drags him away, saying like that, like his brother or whatever, his cousin or something. Not brother; that wouldn't make any sense. His uh, (laughs) (laughs) his friend, like Steve or whatever. He's like, crate. He hasn't taken his medication or something. Uh, Later on, back in the yard, they do they find it. They find him, right? Yeah, they find the man. Oh, they find the manuscript. (laughs) They find that the the physical copy's in London somewhere, but it's also been online. So bad, they go back to the archives, and Ichabod fights with a laptop and loses as he tries to search through the manuscript and print it out and everything and they find that the manuscript has been encrypted ichabod knows how to decrypt these kind of things he's as we know he has this kind of sherlock type mind he is a photographic memory he does he knows how to decrypt and that it's going to take some time but he can do it at that point abby's phone reminds her that it's time for coffee with morales <laughs> so we cut to which cuts to morales and he's like he gets these weird images that he's like freaking out over after seeing andy and he's reading up on like people coming back from the den and he's scared He's scared to see Abby, so he ignores the calls. So basically the date of the, the coffee date gets cancelled, and we get another classic scene of Morales, which I'm sure you were just you loved Brandon right
1: Well, I had to take a break and rewind it a couple times and watch it over again,
0: <laughs> and never get enough Luke Morales yeah, so um Abby walks around the tunnels as she leaving a, a message for Morales, and then she something notice something shrieks past her, and she sees that it's actually Andy um, who she hits in the face. Knocking him out yes. of his place, which is pretty good. Uh, at that point, she's like, uh, you, "Did you like sell your soul?" And he he explains that he's trying to protect her, and they have this whole kind of. Okay, so he's explaining that he's dead and that Abby needs protection. Meanwhile, Ichabod's trying to find like what's, how to find the how to decipher this code, and he and he looks at the, he discovers that on the back of, on the back of the horseman's skull, it says Cicero on the teeth. To which which you, is awesome. Which is awesome. And, he, and uh, Ichabod calls uh, Paul Revere. He says, you rum beggar. And uh, which, <laughs> which really made me laugh quite a bit. And, that, and so now he has the password. And that's what we cut to another commercial. Okay. We also, I'd like to point out the moment where I, Ichabod
1: was on the computer. And a pornographic pop-up showed up. And he, Tom Myson was just brilliant when he said, that is wildly inappropriate. <laughs>
0: yes. There's a lot of great Tom Myson. Well, he's on of this episode. There's a lot of, well, I don't know. Him and Orlando Jones are kind of tied. But Tom Bison has a lot of great one-liners in this episode. They're really fun. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, he has the porn stuff happen. He's, like, frustratedly touching every key, something that, like, most elderly people with computers seem to do. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just a good little bit. So we come back. Uh, Andy tells Abby that they can't kill the horseman because, he, because he's death, but they can trap him. And so Ichabod finds them and tells Abby to tell the horseman to meet him at the cemetery. And, sorry, tells Andy to tell the horseman to meet up at the cemetery if he wants his head back because he thinks he knows how to trap him. Back in the archives, Ichabod reads the manuscript which says death can be trapped by turning the moon into the sun because sunlight is the horseman's only weakness. Since they don't have a witch handy, which they debate over a little bit, Abby suggests that they use UV light, which would of course work because that's like bringing sunlight to anywhere if they have a UV light, right? Right. Let's see. Doesn't I believe Ichabod like threatens Andy at some point too, right, in this whole yes. kind of conversation. I
1: think Yeah, I believe so.
0: Let's see. What happens next?
1: We, we have the preparation, right? Oh, yeah, we have the preparation. And the, the, the Thomas
0: Jefferson argument, which is one of the series highlights. It, it's got to be. Yeah, so they they, uh, they realize they need to lure the horseman into the tunnel, so they recruit Captain Irving, because they, of course, need three people to make a bunch of papier-mâché skulls or whatever they're making. They're making a yes. bunch of mock skulls to lure in the horsemen. And during this, yeah, they're having a conversation about about Jefferson and him being an abolitionist, but also having slaves, but also having relations with slaves, with... Or with a slave with, with Sally Hemings, which of course Ichabod was not key to. And over the course of this runner, they have this kind of morality debate, and they also, in this time, Ichabod learns that Jefferson both had relations with slave with a slave and had children with him, and also like cop like he like he he copied something Ichabod told him and got credited for it. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. It was it was, it was a quote from Ichabod, and they looked and they showed it to him. He, uh, he's like, well, perhaps you don't really know anybody. Yes. You don't Really know anybody. It's a
0: it's a good runner. I like that one quite a bit. It was fantastic. I yeah. Like I said just a second ago, the series highlight was yeah. And then they're able to kind of pack it back in and get got down to like a personal Ichabod Abbey moment where they discuss kind of they discuss love and they discuss morals and Katrina. Mm-hmm. And Ichabod talks about how it's an adjustment to be living in a time where all his people have been, you know, dead. And um it's nice little little moments, little hinty moments there. Yes. Uh, so we get to a break. By the way, usually I take about two pages of notes. This week I took three pages of notes. That's how much stuff oh, wow. I had to, <laughs> to write about on this show. Uh, so I'm just kind of going through this and a summary at the same time. That's why, that's why I get a little scatterbrained every now and then because I'm trying to balance how to recap all this episode and incorporate you know, our my thoughts and Brandon's thoughts, of course, as well. Okay, so last bit of it. Here we go. Big moments here. They wait for the sundown. Um, as I said, Ichabod and Abby bond over not being able to share their work with anybody and the, you know the kind of things that they're doing later in the at night at the cemetery ichabod gets the horseman's attention which i thought was a pretty horrible plan actually when <laughs> like, ichabod just like yeah. he's like hey horseman there you are you should chase me and then he has this like very <laughs> like heavy sewer grate that he has to lift open and everything it's like you could have just let that open dude come on yeah like what are we doing here you're risking your own life to get this going and there's like no reward if you die in this moment and the um, horseman
1: just follows as if yeah, nothing's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, he, he follows along, he's firing, he's flinging his axe at him. Ichabod reaches the destination spot, he gets through a grate in the tunnel just in time, like the axe is coming at him and everything. The horseman is uh he follows in, he to the tunnels, he slowed down, he sees a glowing Halloween skull and picks it up and he's like, Ah, oh, that that's not real. <laughs> but he continues coming along. He and he get like a really brief montage of the horseman finding all these different skulls and like crushing them being what I assume is pissed off because he doesn't have a head, so I can't really see him emoting. But, you know, it seems like yeah. body language is all there. Uh, so then, like, Abby gets involved, too. And so, and so like, there's a point where the horseman, he sees both Ichabod holding a skull and Abby holding a skull. And you'd think he you can't tell it's real, except he sees the glean of one of the silver teeth and starts to follow Abby. So then we see horseman following Abby along. Abby then kind of disappears, and she starts calling out for Ichabod saying she broke her ankle. We, of course, knew at all times that she never broke her ankle, correct? Correct. Yeah. So she needs Ichabod's help. She's crying for him. She scoots away. The horseman comes in to, like, a specific room. She's crawling away. horses horse is walking at her. Uh, Ichabod's like, keep quiet, trying to keep this ruse going. Abby eventually, after backing away from the horseman on the ground, she's like, now! And they turn on the – Captain Irving flips on the switch, floods the chamber with spotlights, and which immobilizes the horseman. A really cool image. Super cool image. We'll talk about this in a second. Let me finish because, like, it really (laughs) abruptly ends right here. They slip some chains around, around death. And the episode ends. It's just super abrupt ending right there. It was yeah. It's the first time the show, ended. I was like, no, hey. Yeah. So this was this whole sequence is awesome. I love. There was such a great forward momentum to this. There it was, was such, shot
1: really well too. I, I like the look
0: of holding them the, the heads like lanterns. Yeah, going through for sure. Like a maze almost. It has this great sense. It's it's, it's the show like really firing on all cylinders. Something that's a great benefit to the show is that unlike some shows, regardless of how like. We, I believe Brandon and I and Maxwell. I'm sorry he's not here, but I mean, I think we all know that the show's not. It's not like the best show on TV by any means, and it's not like necessarily like great, but it's a show that's ridiculously entertaining because it knows what it is, and I feel like this is one of the rare shows that knew what it was from the outset, and it's really been delivering on that to an extent. Would you? Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't try to
1: hold up to some higher esteem. It hold It tries to be itself, and through that, it can achieve some higher expectations and stuff. But like. Yeah, it knows what it is. It's not it it doesn't take any shame in being what it is. That that's the best thing. It's not embarrassed by it. It it relishes in
0: it. And even more so, it's a show that doesn't seem like I mean, obviously it can do more to develop its other characters and whatnot and develop the world even more. But it feels like a show that really it's not it's not being hindered by the fact that it hasn't been opened up enough yet. It feels like it knew what it was out the gate, and it's not trying to find itself, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's not trying to find its footing at all. It seems pretty confident knowing where it
0: wants to go. Like, compared to a show, and we, uh, Brandon and I were talking about this before we started recording, compared to a show like The Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, like... It's very it's very plain and fine. It's not terrible by any means, but it seems like it's still a show that's trying to find what works best on that show. It doesn't seem like Sleepy Hollow really needs to do that. It just needs to find a way to sustain itself, which is what I'm hoping it's doing. And from the way this episode played out, it certainly seems like this, fir- this first season's going to play out the way it needs to play. Yeah, and I re-
1: early on we wanted to call it a Monster of the Week show, but it really hasn't been that at all. It, it
0: started out like it could have been, but it's not yeah it feels if anything i mean brandon i know you're a big fan of justified justified has a tendency to kind of have the first couple episodes set the stakes for the season's arc but also have a couple kind of case of the week type episodes and then it just kind of gets into the arc. that's exactly what yeah that's exactly it's like supernatural justified yeah and that's that's kind of what i'm seeing here again I don't think Sleepy Hollow is the best show on TV, but I do like talking about it because I like having a lot of fun with it. And I do, and I think this is another episode that really shows that the show's confident in what it's trying to do. And so this whole ending where you have this really breakneck-paced sequence that's fun and action-packed and kind of thrilling all at the same time visualized greatly. That whole spotlight scene is just awesome to watch, right?
1: Yes, no, it was it was really really cool, a whole other level of the show with stuff. And then
0: right as you're like, oh, they caught him, okay, now oh, we're
1: what what no i want next week
0: already yeah and this is gonna lead me to a strange segue right now because i haven't brought this up yet but this feels like a part one and i'm very upset about that because next week's the conclusion of this you know part of the show where you see what happens with the result of them capturing the horseman except the ichapod crane cast is gonna have to take a couple weeks off i'm so sorry to (laughs) say this i myself me aaron i'm going on vacation on monday on next monday and I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. I, I, full disclosure, I'm going to South Africa. Doesn't matter why. Vacation. Doesn't really matter. But with that said, we've decided that the we're just going to have to hold off on the show and just do kind of a mega episode, which I'll be excited to do anyway when I come back, and really kind of recap, uh, I guess, the three episodes that I'll be missing. I'll be missing next week's episode, the week after that, and I'll be coming back on the you know, on the, on the 2nd of December. So I'll be able to see that episode. We'll have an episode at that week. But, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, Brandon, you said you might be able to like, kind of do something in the meantime yeah. to kind of tie. I, it.
1: I'll go ahead and do some recaps with my own thoughts and, uh, on my blog, uh, Naptown nerd, which is NapTownNerd.blogspot.com. nerd dot And if you want to put that in the show notes for people to check I will. out,
0: and we could probably even post it on the,
1: um, I know. Uh, yeah. The I'll put it put on, on the Facebook page yeah. and I'll put it on the Twitter as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll uh. I'll do some you know written recaps,
0: yeah in the sure. time, and like I honestly i as much as I'm looking forward to my vacation i I do apologize to the listeners that do look forward to listening to the show. It seems like there are a good number of you that do i mean i've I've noticed that the twitter we've been we've been getting more and more followers lately the facebook's it's okay, it's not crazy active, but Twitter seems to be where it's at right now and i I, I like the interaction that we're having, and I'm looking forward to talking about the show more, and I'm looking forward to interacting with more listeners in the coming weeks, but yeah, so we Unfortunately, we are going to have to take a two-week hiatus, um, but after that, we'll be back full force. So we'll keep doing the show. That said, we're not even done yet. We still got more to talk about. This was an awesome episode. Did you like this episode, Brandon? I, I would.
1: I, yes, this this episode was amazing. Might might been my favorite. Um, just because it moved, it was funny, it was everything I liked about the show. Like they call, um, they tended to call um, Hitchcock's North by Northwest ultimate Hitchcock back in the day. Well, this was like ultimate by Sleepy Hollow um not i'm not comparing qualities i'm just comparing terms but there was just every corner it turned there was something i was saying like oh that's really cool it's awesome that's it's crazy and i really hadn't had that big amount of that since the pilot um and it still managed to keep character beats and and build them um like for instance something we missed i missed upon when we were going back through it i loved it when they had the heads that were illuminated and then abby just blew one out that was so cool like yeah just the episode was full of stuff
0: like that it really it? combined a lot of the things that we've liked about the show so far where you have these kind of creative visuals mixed with the kind of i mean high octane action is the way to say it. because you have these like you have that shootout scene with captain irv and you have the whole ending sequence like they're these fun sequences and you get that banter that is you know yeah. basically the best part of the show already and and one, one one thing I feared upon
1: with the show was uh, the, the fish out of water stuff. They're handling it in spades. Like yeah. I'm not even bothered by it. I'm yeah. loving it. I, I asked for more of it. And, and I was it, the person, if you'll go back and listen, was hesitant about the fish out of the water stuff to begin with. I'm loving it. I might, I'm a huge
0: fan of how they're they're handling it. It was great this week. It was the, it, it really, there's a lot of great funny lines that involve Tom Meissen dealing with being stuck in this century and not knowing like, not having like kind of a you know a good connection with everything else, so he has to figure things out, and it's a lot of fun, even with the kind of you know hint of drama in the background. I guess the only thing that we missed in this episode is that there's no Katrina. Like that's the only thing that's, that this episode's lacking. Yeah, there's there's no
1: Katrina, but they made it up with it. Uh, they made up for that with a uh, lot of Irving. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so a lot of Irving. That was pretty. That was good. So any um, crazy Hokum theor- theories this week? What do you think is going to happen? Nothing crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure John Cho is going to churn on them. That's uh, a good. Mm, that's an interesting thought.
1: And I, it's really. Was he just really hanging out in dark alleys the past couple weeks? And what
0: else would he do? So,
1: uh, like, just hanging not, in
0: the shadow. Not, does he have like a Buffy style mutant bar to hang out at? Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, there's a nice shadow here. I think I'll hang here for a minute. Um, yeah, and but, I going back. Has he? Have we ever seen her? Um, him, go against Abby like head to head. Andy. Andy, like, has he threatened her personally at all since he's been like this? In the first episode, he did. Oh no, he wasn't like that then. He was just kind of possessed, I guess. Right? He's just kind of, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess he was. Okay. So his
0: protecting thing is total BS. We know it. I don't. Um, I mean, I don't know. He went out of his way to tell Morales to stay away from Abby, and then he went to Abby not hurting him and explaining that they can trap the Horseman. I mean, all I'm, part of some bigger scheme. I'm curious. I mean, that's my. Thoughts on next week of like they have to interrogate the horseman is the plan. It's like, how's that going to work? He doesn't have a head. Yeah. <laughs> they, well, they, they have his head. They have his ahead. head. They don't want to give it to him. That's not the plan. They'll taunt him with it. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. What is going to happen? What's, what's next week's episode about Brandon?
1: Next week, episode titled Necromancer. Ichabod, Abby, Captain Irving, and Jenny join forces and face the headless horseman. While staring down this nemesis, Ichabod is shocked by g- game changing information about the horseman's true motive. Game? changing again <laughs> i love that there's always game changes on this show
0: uh, I, I predict another two episodes and we'll have more game changing <laughs> but uh that's another thing of uh, jenny's supposed to arrive back with abby in the next week yes. so that's you know we'll see how that goes too i mean i Some more black tomb raider I, yeah I, I i again again i assume that she'll be a part of the cast next season we'll see where that goes but I do like... I like that that relationship, too. I mean, I, I like these characters. That's what keeps me coming back to the show. I like these characters. Yeah. I like the kind of fun nature that it's having with all of this. And it's just... Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Good it episode. It's a great time. Good episode really? this week. The Midnight Ride. Good episode. And, uh, yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of this podcast episode. Um, yeah, uh, again, we're not going to have new episodes for the coming weeks. But in three weeks from now, we'll be back. We'll be doing this in full force. We'll have recaps on all... We'll figure out how to do that because we try to keep these shows short. But we'll try to find a way to recap each new episode that's come out. And, um, yeah, we'll be back up to speed by then and be going as normal at that point, December, in the week of the first week of December. That's when that's going to happen. But um, feel free to email us at um, cranecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, both at icapodcrane or slash Ichapod Crane on Facebook. Um, you can also be sure to check out the other shows on the HHWLOD network, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, which I've also a co-host It's a on.
1: fantastic show it's a fantastic show
0: it's a fun it's a fun time talking about another show that's not like the best show on tv but certainly one that gets a lot of discussion that's worth talking about and of course our brother podcast out now there in and Abe. that is the show that hosted by myself and my friend a we talk about the weekly new movie releases and um yeah you can find more of my work at the my my movie reviews there i review movies um also at blysoblue.com and twitter.com slash aaron's ps3 brandon uh,
1: Twitter.com slash btpeters, and you can find uh, some of my work at whysoblue.com, and also my blog, which I mentioned earlier, Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. Aside from the Sleepy Hollow recaps you may be going there for, um, I'm also looking back at the Matrix series this month.
0: And Maxwell, unfortunately, could not join us this episode, but you can find him at cinemaxwell.com and also follow him on Twitter, at cinemaxwell. Uh, looking forward to having him back next episode, of course, when we talk about a bunch of episodes of Sleepy Hollow. That should be a whole lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to do it this week for the Midnight Ride episode of Sleepy Hollow. So until next time, please bear with us on this delay in podcast. But until next time, heads will roll. Just
1: as every cop is a criminal. Heads his tails, just call me Lucifer Cause I'm in need of some restraint So if you meet me, have some courtesy Have some sympathy and some taste Use all your well-learned politics Or I'll lay your soul to waste
0: Detective Luke Morales. Uh, illuminating them. I mean, it seems like something. Yeah. <laughs> and they're already, I feel like I like how we've, we've somehow managed to like clock it all like 41 minutes. Like, yes. <laughs> they seem to keep coming in exactly at that time. I'm, I'm sure this week will be short. <laughs> yes. But All right.